nobody's going slow in that class. The top, the top five dudes are fast. Yeah. I mean, if somebody, if Chavi, if Chavi's breaking away, I mean, he's pushing. Oh, it's I mean, it's 16, not gonna seven, be easy. Dude. And I think they did it on the last lap. Sixteen seven. Mesa did sixteen six on the last lap. I'm pretty sure. That's heavy. Yeah. That's moving. Hey, welcome back to a Tank Slapping Podcast. I got my boy Frankie Garcia here. Big Frank. We're kind of yes. hijacking the show here. We've got a rewind from Road America. I don't know what Corey's doing. He says he's at a track and he's pinned it all on us to, to make this happen. So where are you at, Frank? Did you get home okay? Oh, yeah, dude. Monday, flew home, got here about 5 o'clock, and uh, just hit the gym yesterday, just straight grinding. Straight grinding. That's what I like to hear, Frank. You know, we need you. We need you to get closer to the front here in the bagger class. We need all that inspiration. You know, the 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 poster you gave me over the weekend was everything I needed to put it on the on the podium for myself. But maybe I'll have to uh, send you a poster, give you a little motivation. That might help. Yeah. Now we're trying to trying to get in tip top shape for the home track, doing the next round. So a big one. A big one yeah, I, I feel like I got that track dialed, and uh, it's just on me to get my fitness. Uh, where it needs to be to hang for eight laps. And I, I plan on running with the boys there. I like it. And I mean, I'm sure the birthday didn't help you in your fitness aspirations this weekend. Dude, honestly, I'm like, I'm super motivated after the weekend because I felt so good during the races. Uh, I, I mean, fitness wasn't, wasn't a factor at all for me this weekend. I, and I, I obviously road America is one of those tracks where like, there's a lot of straightaways, not like crazy hard braking. You get a lot of breaks, so it's not it's not a physical track. Um, but I felt really good. I mean, I ran I ran Jake Lewis down twice in race one, and uh, I came off the track and felt great. So, uh, but Laguna is a little bit tighter, and it's going to be tougher and more laps, and it'll uh, it'll get dicey. Yep, yep, I fully agree. I think it's going to get more dicey as it goes. We'll get into baggers here in a second, but let's start with Junior Cup. I don't know how many, if you watched race one or race two, but, uh, you know, first off, race one, from what I saw, I watched about half of it before I had to dip out. And there was, early on, there was nine guys uh, in in the front group, um, if I recall, for Junior Cup. I remember that the race was pretty savage. There was a lot of passing. I mean, Road America on these little bikes kinds of uh, goes hand in hand with like all the drafting and whatnot. It looks like top nine was within 1.2 seconds. And we've had a, we had a Avery Dreyer win it, Rossi Moore in second, Levi Batty in third, Max Van fourth, Hayden Bickness in fifth, um, all the way down to, I believe, ninth. Ivan Rivera, did you watch some of that race at all? I watched a little bit of it. I like that. I like that class. It's like watching. It's like our version of Moto Three, right? You know, it's they just do those kids are gnarly. They get dicey. They're not afraid. They send it. They make sketchy passes. I guess it's like the same thing as a four fifty class in AFT too. It's yeah. just you know the kids. They're just they're going for. It. They have no fear. So yeah, I always enjoy watching those classes because it's just it, it gets it gets out of hand. But uh. Yeah, man. Just crazy racing. I mean, obviously, this is the future of our sport. And so it's always nice to take a peek and see who's coming up. So he's going to be the next guy who, uh, who you'll be dealing with in the future. 
All right. Well, here's something crazy. Rossi Moore in second, Levi Batty in third, and Max Van in fourth all had a differential of 0.048 and all finished on the same time of 1856.154. So that must have been the craziest photo finish. Uh, I mean, that's gnarly that three of them went across the line on the identical time. Um, yeah. It's saying that we've got, uh, you know, Rossi Moore in second, Levi Batty third, and Max Van fourth. So that must have been a crazy race. One thing I want us to talk about is Rossi Moore is the only one on a KTM in yes. a group of Cowies. And I remember looking at race two, and that thing's not fast compared to those other bikes. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think that Cowie's got uh, a little bit more CCs. I don't know what the weight difference is on him, but uh, I mean, if you look at the whole field, he's the only KTM. There's one Yamaha that DNF'd, yep. but uh, I mean, it, it's it's pretty wild. Everybody's on Cowie's, and and that one KTM is out there just getting it. Just yeah, for sure. I mean, I think let's move to race two. That I I actually watched this race. And this one kind of got split up a little bit. Uh, a lot of guys, they dropped the pace about over a second from race one. Best time of uh, looks like a 138.4 from Avery Dreher. Uh, But Rossi Moore actually broke away pretty good in this one early on. They closed him down in the last lap. But I remember he had probably about eight tenths on these guys. And he'd finished with three tenths in the bag having, you know, being the only KTM, you could clearly see in uh, segment two, sector three around the carousel, he had so much speed through there and was just trying to pass group apart. Yeah. I mean, did, I you, mean, did you get to watch race two? Yeah. I watched a little bit of it. And then I came home and I was watching, I was watching just all the, the replays from the weekend and on, uh, on YouTube, uh, Moto America live plus all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you know how it is though. Like, I mean, he had that gap, but you know how it is when you're like leading a bit, like leading a race like that, and you got a gap, and that last lap you just kind of just take her down a notch. You yeah. know, you don't want to ruin it. So you've been there before. You're you're, you're good at leading laps. <laughs> so yeah, he just backed her down and you know crossed that line. But before then, I mean, that that lead was huge. I mean, he, was, I mean, he was going fast. He yeah. was going fast, plain and simple. You know, those he other guys see. dropped the pace, fell off. He got away with a gap. And like, what, Road America is one of those tracks that are like, you get away, you're pretty dialed. Yeah, you know, you've got to be dialed because you got to be able to push your own win. And we know his bike's not the fastest compared to the Cowies. Um, they would close in. Whatever he made up from Sector 2 and Sector 3, uh, they would close in going into Canada. He'd pull it back out. And then he, he barely had on going in. Going into the last lap, he barely had it. They were on the back of him in turn five, and he stretched it back out and still had three, three and a half tenths over the line. Oh, yeah. It went pretty – it was tight all the way down to ninth with Jaden Fernandez, and then there was a huge gap to Chris Clark. So they broke yeah. apart compared to race uh, race one. Race one, yeah, not totally. But still, like good stuff out of that class is always like, – like Moto America has that class dialed. It's yeah. always close racing. Those kids are gnarly. It's good stuff. Man. You can't get enough of it. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. I think that's one of the best classes there is in the in the. Uh, and coming right out of the uh, mini cup, you know, these guys are going into junior cup, and there seems to be a nice little 
nice little, and there's a good crop of kids to where they can come in and finish like out of the top 10 and then move into like faster, faster and give you something to work into twins cup. So yeah, um, that's a, that's a cool thing about Moto America is like, there's every aspect from mini cup onto, onto the, uh, you know, the junior cup to the twins cup, like there's stepping stones all the way through. And I think this was like, I think this was all part of the plan when Moto America put all of this together um, when they started was to build a system that took Americans, obviously uh, Wayne Rainey would, would know how it works, but you know, build a system that brings kids from the bottom all the way to the top and then hopefully send them off to, you know, Moto GP. Yeah. And I mean, we got to start them young. Like that's the, the biggest thing is we got to get kids like the mini cup is so crucial to get kids on road race bikes early on. Um, yes. So I believe so, but let's move straight into super sport. This <clears throat> man, I got to say, this is, was, uh, I wouldn't be say surprising. We've got kind of the top five is the same guys, but there's a couple surprising factors for me run through it real quick in race one, Chavi Forez, uh, won it Stefano Mason second Hayes and third T Hobbs was fourth, um, Gilbert fifth and Scott and sixth, uh, this was interesting for me. I mean, you know, we know Mesa's super quick. I mean, Hayes uh, was in it. They, they, the top three was only covered by 0.7 in race one. They got down to 17.9. Actually, Mesa did a 17.7. And I remember it was really late in the race they did this. Uh, you know, which is you, crazy, dude, which is crazy to me crazy because fast. late in the race, I know for us, and we'll get that, we'll get into that later, but late in the race, Tires were getting greasy. Yeah. Things were getting greasy out there. So for them to be on hitting their fast laps at the end, those guys are sending it. The one thing I want to mention here is there's a rule change that came out for yep. electronics on Suzuki's and Ducati's. Now the first Suzuki was T Hobbs in fourth and Chavi still won. You could see he was a little down on power compared to Mesa, but Hayes still seems like he's the guy that, is suffering the most with the top speed, but wow, Hayes in sector three, especially around the carousel, he was almost, it looked like 0.8 himself going into the carousel and make it all up. Um, and then would lose it down going into Canada and then vice versa down the first sector front straightaway back straightaway. But I mean, this was a pretty good race. Chavi couldn't really drop the boys. Uh, he put in some heaters uh mesa and hayes i mean hayes attacked him i think two or three times in the breaking zones and we know how strong chavi is and i was super surprised yeah. by that but just couldn't quite push his own wind it seemed like uh it seemed like he needed like the perfect draft in order to pass these guys and if he made any mistakes or didn't get the run that he was kind of dropped on the straightaways what did you see yeah i mean I, that rule change definitely closed closed it up from uh, the Suzuki 750 and the Ducati um, a little bit uh, with that Yamaha um, that definitely closed it up. And I think at Laguna and, and probably some of the rest of the tracks that aren't so high speed that we're going to see the rest of the season. I think that that's when that's really going to come into play, but I still think that Ducati and, and the, the 750 Suzuki had just a little more on that R6. So yeah, Josh was working a little bit harder to, to, close the gap in in the corners and like you said around canada or around the the uh, carousel and um you know he, he had to work for that one but i mean hats off to, to josh hayes that dude's a bad dude and he just doesn't stop he does not stop 
And yes. He just keeps going. He keeps putting it to the kids. And, uh, you know, get, you know, you give them, a, give them a bike that maybe doesn't have all the rest of the power that, that these new uh, next-gen super sport bikes have. And it doesn't bother the guy. He's still going to put it up there. So, no, good stuff. I mean, Chavi and that Ducati, they, they seem to have that thing really dialed. Uh, I think he had a pretty good package coming into the year after Josh had such a good year last year on that bike. And then, you know, those, those GSX-R750s are always the thread. Uh, my teammate, Jake Lewis, raced one this weekend, and he was pretty fired up on the thing. He said it was really good. And, you know, after uh, all these years, I mean, I haven't ridden a super sport bike in probably 10 years. So, uh, you know, hats off. But, yeah, Josh A's, man, bad dude. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to mention Jake Lewis finished eighth in race one. There was a bit of an over-under bet going on in race two. Uh, the the, the over-under was 6.5. W- what would you have taken him? Would you have taken him for under or over on a 6.5 bet? Oh, Into the man. weekend, I mean, it's a tough one, right? You got – I mean, and I would – I got to say one other thing is I'm a little surprised in Tyler Scott in sixth. Guy's been showing some super speed yeah. all weekend. He didn't quite have it all weekend, and – um, I think race two found something, but it, it very interesting to see him sixth get beat by his teammate Teague Hobbs. Shout out to him for actually crushing yeah, it. I mean, yeah, dude, come from you know Twins Cup. He showed some real speed at Daytona. Has had a couple little mishaps here and there, but I mean, he's showing speed in Super Sport that we like seeing from kids coming up from Super uh, Super Twin uh, Twins Cup. Yeah, no, it's cool, man. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, for Jake, I was I was kind of psyched. At first, I was like, man, Jake's getting more track time. It's going to make him harder to beat this weekend. But then I was like, also at the same time, I was like, oh, wait, he's got to ride a whole ass super sport race before I have to race him. So maybe he'll get tired and yeah. that'll make it easier for me. So uh, it was a, it, it ended up, uh, it ended up working out. I mean, Jake's a bad dude. And, uh, I thought it was really cool seeing him on a 600 again. It's been, I mean, same thing for him. He said it'd been about eight years since he's last ridden the 600. And, you know, I, I, uh, I was kind of, I, I was pretty impressed by his results. I mean, eighth in race one, he hadn't ridden that bike till he got there this weekend and then stepped it up and did six in race two. I mean, dude got after it. Yep. I would agree, man. The guy really did. Uh, he surprised me in the fact of, uh, I thought he did pretty well and he showed some good speed. You know, sometimes you see like, Hey, he got fifth, but he's uh, whatever you know, 50 seconds off the pace, but he was, and he was in there. It's good to see him back on a 600. It kind of brought back some uh, old days of me and him at road America on the 600 Suzuki. So uh, moving into though race two, this one was interesting. Um, one thing I want to bring up Chavi Forez in the last corner running those super European lines. I don't think we've seen anybody go out, enter that wide really uh, and making it work getting a really good run under the front straightaway. He finished again. He won making this, what his, how many wins does he have in a row now? Four. Yeah. Some, some big was uh, not. So is it four? What is it? Yeah. Cause he did Atlanta and now here. So he's got four wins in a row. Yeah. Um, Stefano Mesa hats off to that guy. He was a leech did not leave. Uh, Chavy Forrest rear tire brought closed him back in uh, in the middle of the uh, one of the sectors when Chavy had a bit of a gap. Uh, Tyler Scott in third after coming late charge, good recovery from him. Hayes in fourth, Gilbert fifth, and then Jake Lewis finishes sixth with a great battle with Blake Davis uh, uh-huh. in seventh. So there was a bit of a gap after that. Uh, Jarrett Nassie in eighth. 
uh, Damian Jigalov, uh, Jason Farrell in the top 10. This race was interesting for me. I mean, I don't know if you watched this, Frank, but Chavi laid down some heaters here in this race. He was trying I, to break Stefano so much and he couldn't. Dude, I just, I mean, it's again, it's just like that, that, those, that twins class, like at the 600 class, they're not, nobody's going slow in that class. The top, the top five dudes are fast. Yeah. I mean, if somebody, if Chavi, if Chavi's breaking away, I mean, he's pushing. Oh, it's, I mean, it's 16, not going to be easy. Dude. And I think they did it on the last lap. 16, seven Mesa did 16, six on the last lap. I'm pretty sure. That's heavy. Yeah. That's moving. Yeah. And like I said, last lap tires are greasy. I mean, we got new asphalt. We got a new surface. I mean, you and I dealt with it. It's, it's wild to be going. Yeah. If you're going that fast on the last lap, you are the Superman of 600 CC racing. Well, right. Super, super, super sport racing. Yeah, I would agree. In the middle of the race, Chavi laid down, I think it was a low 17 at the time. And he, uh, he, uh, uh, what do you call it? He rolled out going into Canada and let uh, Stefano go by to see what he kind of had uh, for, for pace. And he let him lead like a half a lap and then kind of went straight back after him. Um, so, all right. So he didn't do it. He did it on lap six, a 16, seven, his last yeah. lap on lap 11 though, was a 16, nine. And then Mesa did a 16, six on the last lap. So he set the fastest lap of the race on the last lap chase, uh, chase and Chavi there. Um, that's wild. It is wild. It, you could see Chavi was like, he gave everything he could for it seemed like the first uh, all the way to lap six. And then he does an 18-2, lets Mesa go by right there. Mesa goes at 16-8, and then uh, he goes back into the 16s. Lap nine goes 16-7, 16-8, 16-9 to win the race. I mean, and you can see he's in not in the draft. He's doing 155s. Mesa's doing 159s behind him. So it's uh, Super Sport was great. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was one of the, some of the, I wouldn't say like outright best racing, but to watch that kind of, you know, when you're in it, when you race like, like, like the boys, you know how like scorcher of a pace that is. And when you're behind and you're not being able to do anything and when you're leading and you're like, you look back and a guy's still there, you're like, dang, what is going on, man? I just got to break this guy. So it was really, really cool to see. Yeah. No, it's yeah. It's, it's a, uh, it's a tough class. I mean, everyone's moving and, and another factor we got to throw into it too is like choppy doesn't have all the track time here that like stefano or josh josh those guys have been racing here for years you know and and choppy doesn't have have all that experience at that track so that's another impressive thing i think yeah i would agree i think it's i think it's super impressive what chavi's doing i mean he's a top boy like we can't we, he's a bad dog yeah he's a, he's bad, a bad dog, dog. guy's been around the world he knows what he's doing like this is, yeah you know, this ain't like he's jumping into the shark tank. You know, he's a shark. This ain't his first. You know, word, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's move on to stock thousand race. One. I like this class. Yeah, I like I, it too. A, it's been getting good, dude, and it's cool because, like, you know, we race with Travis Wyman, and he's a front runner in this class. Yep. And then, like, you know, I've known I've known Ezra since he was a little kid. 
Um, I mean, since he was riding around his like bicycle at the supermoto races with his helmet on when Cameron was racing. Um, so it's just, it's, it's been fun to watch, you know, and it's been fun to see like the bikes, um, you know, stock 1000 is not so stock 1000 anymore. I mean, because these bikes roll off the showroom floor and they're just, they're super bikes. Um, you know, especially like that BMW, it's pretty wild. Uh, so it's a cool class to watch. I enjoy it for sure. Yeah, I think I, I would fully agree with you. I mean, the, these these stock thousands, the BMW especially is, you know, it's got closed loop system. It's got alpha. They're all alpha bikes. They're they're pretty. Mm-hmm. They're Gucci bikes. Um, and I mean, so Ezra won race one with Travis Wyman race two. The biggest surprise, I think, out of anybody. And uh huh, dude, the big dog Cody uh-huh. Wyman steps wow. up. Hasn't seen the bike ever. Shows up on Friday, puts it on the podium in third. Actually doing just some really hap- good lap times. Just, just happened to have his gear bag. Right. Yeah. Just, just happened to happen to have that thing. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. I got my gear. What do you guys need a rider? Yeah, no problem. I'll put it on the box. Right. 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 Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know the whole story behind that whole situation. By the way, like I don't know. I heard, what happened because I heard Mike Miles. Pond, yeah, no, I Mike heard Pond is a team manager. And, yeah. and when I got there, I saw, Hey, what's up, dude? You know, uh, what's going on? And I, I was like, Hey, I heard Miles is riding the bike this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. This was at the beginning of the weekend. Like, yeah, everything's all good. Going to be a good weekend. Sick. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Whoa, Miles is not on that motorcycle. Cody is, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think Miles, uh, his flight got delayed or canceled or something. He couldn't get into like late Friday night. So by that time, you know, there's limited track time. I think they just made the call and went, hey, we'll just get a fill-in ride. You could see he had two numbers. They had the painted numbers for Miles and then Cody's underneath it. But I mean, uh-huh. dude, this is a sick ride for Cody. I don't know how much riding yeah. he's been doing. I mean, on a thousand jump on a Suzuki, we know that bike's a little easier to ride, but I don't care about any of it. He's beaten some good dudes. Uh, surprising Caleb to Carroll. He had a monster crash in the, the carousel earlier in the weekend, finishing fourth. I think he went with the wrong tire. Hey. Yeah. And then big surprise Hayden fifth, you know, that's a, no. what happened I expect there. a little bit more out of him. Same hundred percent. I know on the last lap, he was, uh, as fast as Ezra on the last lap. So something must've happened to him early on in the race, but Ezra leading this thing, Pretty much, I think, from start to finish, had a, a, a like a set 1.1 second gap uh, for most of the race. Travis in second, he's got, you know, six seconds almost over to Cody Wyman. And then that kind of gaggle of guys of him, Caleb, and Hayden was only finished uh, half second or seven tenths off Cody for the podium. But this was kind of a boring race in that respect, but it was just some guys just doing it. Big surprise again for Cody. Um, and then, you know, uh, I think race two is a little bit more exciting. Um, yes. Results here. Uh, something happened to Ezra Bobier in this race. He ran wide on the first lap, uh, in turn five and never recovered. He did 16, two is his fastest lap. I mean, never recovered. Yeah. I saw him after the race and I talked to him and asked him what happened and, he just kind of gave me the, like the brushed off kind of like, Oh, you know, had some issues. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the professional, I don't know if it was like he had bike troubles or some happened or wrong tire choice or, 
I, I don't know, but he he was definitely bumming after that after that because he obviously had it. You know, he had the pace to win. He won race one. So, um, but yeah, but still, I mean, sick to see, um, you know, Travis win that. He hasn't won one this year yet, and and you know, uh, Ezra's Ezra's teammate Caleb gets second, and then our guy, yeah, your teammate yeah. Hayden, finishing off, rounding off the box. Man, yeah, and he again, uh, dude, good he stuff. Came from, he came from back, way back, and he had a run in actually. Who's the dude that crashed uh, seventy one? Gabriel De Silva and Nolan Lampkin, they crashed into each other. But I think that all started out earlier with Gillum going up the inside late on De Silva. And then De Silva somehow, I don't know if his bike was quick, but Hayden had a quite a big gap, and he stuffed him so big into turn five. It was ridiculous. Hayden ran wide there. I think Nolan got by as well. And then Nolan was leading going into Canada quarter, and De Silva just decided to – I don't know, go to the one marker and tuck the front straight into him. Jeez. Yeah, not the smartest move. Uh, sorry to Silva to call you out on that, but not the smartest move there with, uh, you know, a few laps to go. But it's understandable. Uh, Bobier, he got fourth. Um, Zachary Butler, he, he got sixth. Or Zachary Butler, Zachary Schumacher got seventh. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of an, another non-drama-filled uh deal here we also big shout yeah, out to, for the crash right exactly um big shout out to travis i know he's he's put a lot into that program um you know and that's like that's like a that's like a home team program right there like that's straight out of like that's his team his own situation you know he's got like minimal dues i think there's like two guys on the team and he's right it's his own deal so yeah. i mean as we get older, um, you know, we're, we, we still want to fight for wins, but there's not a ton of rides and, you know, we still want to get out there and, you know, good for him, man. Just, you know, putting it up and making it happen and, and getting out there and grabbing wins. I'm stoked. You know, it's, it's cool to see that. It's like the, uh, the underdog situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then to see the Carroll come back and get a second and actually push the pace with Wyman there was good after having his, I know he's, he was limping around. His ankle was hurting pretty bad. I mean, when he crashed in the carousel, uh, he like literally, I don't know if you had any of this, Frank, but when he rolled off that rear just snapped around like an, a high side on entry. It was, it was wild. I was having a little bit of that on the bagger, but it was quite, uh, yeah. Quite off throttle, off throttle rear just coming out. It was, uh, it, it seemed to, it seemed to be like that at the beginning of the weekend, but towards the end, it seemed like it got better. I don't know if like, you know, because all the bikes on track laid down some rubber, we got more grip. I don't know what it was, but I noticed like first couple sessions, um, you know, the rear stepping out off throttle was definitely a factor, especially in that carousel. So I know a couple, a couple of dudes went to Ashton, same thing happened to him. He just rear slid out off throttle. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. So that was stock 1000 results, pretty good stuff. But before we move into Superbike, let's kind of go through some of the sponsors for this show. Corey's kind of left us here. So we're going to have to just make do. Mission Foods is always we have to wing it. Yeah. Mission Foods, as always, they sponsor this, you know, a lot of riders, the series. They sponsor so many people. Everyone just really needs to support them. If you're buying stuff, please use Mission Foods. Uh, roof systems, uh, massive sponsor and dirt track really, really keeps that series going, helping so many riders. Uh, oh, this God. one, I don't really want to say, but I'll do it. Bell helmets, um, Dunlop. Of yeah. <laughs> Dunlop, of course, 
you know, the, the spec tire of the series, Yamaha, uh, Indian motorcycle, which, wow, can't believe you let me say that one. Go Harley. And of course, Moto America. The, um, those are the sponsors. Seriously, though, as a collective, please like them all. Um, I'm just joking around. We need all of them in the industry, no matter who they are, who we ride for and who we're sponsored by anybody, the more, the merrier, anything that helped two wheels grow. So thank you so much yeah. Corey sponsor and the tank slapping podcast. Let's move on. Let's get moving on this super bike. What a banger. Oh, this one was unreal. Whoa. I know. God, what a wild one. Yeah, totally totally wild um race one was a little bit it was kind of crazy because if i recall lap one uh going into turn three um pretty sure heron and bobier get close and and bobier almost runs off the track and has to come back from like fifth place if i recall that i think I think Bobier rides best in those situations. You give him something to chase after you dangle that carrot. Cam's going for it. Yeah. I mean, this race was insane, but before let's, let's just go about it. Wow. Lap times. The weekend was filled with wild lap times. The fastest we've ever seen. I mean, but let's talk about one PJ Jacobson. This dude was on fire all weekend from the start. He was all pushing weekend. the pace and it's good to see. I was psyched on of, Yeah. He's, he's been kind of like a little bit off at the beginning of the rounds. You know, I don't know what, what's been going on over there. Obviously, they, they're getting their stuff sorted with some of the new pieces from BMW. Um, you know, obviously, he's got a new teammate with Cam Bobier. And, I mean, Cam's been fast right mm-hmm. from the gun. Uh, we don't know exactly mm-hmm. the, the, the packages they all have underneath there. Um, and from what I'm understanding, that, from what I'm understanding is – is not everyone's got the whole package over there. And like, there's bits and pieces that might, that guy might have that, that guy might not. And, you know, that guy might have less. And, and, um, you know, I, I think they're still getting in some stuff and it's, uh, but I mean, regardless, PJ sick, we're psyched on you. Yeah. Super sick. I mean, we know like in the world superbike program, BMW is throwing everything at it and there's more pieces just everywhere. So they're probably, you know, as any team would, you know, probably splitting up the workload because there's not that much time in Moto America trying to make, see what, what's the best Avenue. Um, you know, Titlers, they're, they're spending a good bit of money over there in that, in that team. Um, obviously they've got, you know, Cam Bobier, PJ Jacobson, and, you know, reigning superstock champ, Corey Alexander uh, in the team. So they've got quite the speed underneath the tent and we've seen it. I mean, from road Atlanta, like I think the big surprise, Cam Bobier, you know, winning there, bringing, one. yeah, bringing the BMW speed to road America uh, results were Tyler cycle. Cam Bobier wins it. Tyler cycle. PG Jacobson gets second and Josh Heron gets third and Poppy Chulo himself gets fourth, Richie Escalante, which I'm uh-huh. so stoked to see a Suzuki finish in the top four. And I'm really stoked for Richie Cam P fifth, Tony Elias sixth, Corey Alexander seventh. Um, and a little bit, I would say disappointing. You know, this weekend. Yeah. 
What's going on there? Yeah, Skolty this weekend was off the pace. I don't know what was going on, but he just was running his own program. And, and yeah. you know, I didn't. I expected to see that from, like, Campee. He, he had a little bit of a wrist injury coming into the weekend. Not sure if he was going to ride or not. And you expected him to be a little bit off the pace, you know, dealing with an injury. But he wasn't that far off, given the circumstances. But, man, I don't know what was going on with Skolty. I was kind of disappointed to see that. You know, I like I like seeing that guy up front. Yeah, I mean, I was super surprised as well. And I mean, let's just talk about the Yamaha thing real quick. You know, Yamaha brings in a third bike. Josh Hayes runs practice and uh, Cam P decides he's going to race. They've obviously have their, unquote, fuel issues, uh, which hampered all three bikes for FP2, if I believe. Kind of crazy mm-hmm. to have a factory team like that to see that also to see, you know, a smart play for them to pull Hayes in. And Hayes was quick in FP1. Um, I mean, he was no slouch. Like, he was kind of there. Um, yeah, well, you got to remember Hayes, Hayes won Superbike Championships on a Yamaha and has been racing at Road America. I mean, again, you can never count. That guy gets old. He's like a fine wine. He just keep, he gets, gets older and he's just getting faster. It just doesn't, it doesn't stop for that guy. Yeah. No, I mean, let's just look at it like this. Hayes was sixth in FP1, only less than a second off his teammate, Jake Gagne. Um, you know, Gagne did five laps, you know, whatever, in lap five. Well, I mean, I just think that's nuts. I mean, I'm not taking anything from Hayes because he, he is a dog. Like, the guy's got more championships. He's rode a Yamaha and all that jazz. But, you know, to kind of jump on that bike, He's been off it for a bit. I, I give him props for coming in and just, you know, getting it done, being the reserve rider and being in it, you know, taking no time whatsoever to, you know, get up to speed. He's just there. Straight now, sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also want to mention, you know, Richie Escalante was only 7.4 seconds off the win. I think that's got to be somebody we, – we've got to talk about him. I mean, he's just – kind of yeah really doing well on that motorcycle something's clicked over there whether having tony elias uh you know being another former spanish rider you know as like a mentor maybe or him just figuring out the bike we know tony are uh sorry richie's got talent but i mean that's that's a really really good ride for him on we know the suzuki's probably um you know maybe a little underdeveloped compared to the rest of the, the least the least developed bike yeah, yeah for sure probably say for that sure. compared to like the new bmw the ducati i mean those things are they're coming straight from yeah obviously first, you know richard's got everything in the world in those yamahas and exactly. yeah I would, i'd say that's that suzuki is probably the least developed bike but obviously with a team like m4 uh those guys will those guys will figure it out i mean it might yeah. not be immediately but from I mean, from Atlanta to here, it seems like they're already making big strides and Richie's getting closer and closer to the front. I think we'll see him. I think we'll see him fight for some podiums and, and maybe even a race one by the end of the season. Yeah, I think so too. We know M4 has been around. They're like the longest standing team, I think, in Moto America, uh, in American road racing period, I think, at this point. Yeah, I'd agree. And so, I, so. I mean, they've been around, they know what they're doing. They're formerly known, you know, as the, the dominant 600 team probably have ever seen in super sport uh they've got super bikes now and i'm really stoked to see that camp gets fifth you know he's got a wrist injury so i'm i'm kind of giving him the nod on that one uh absolutely you know um and then we had what jake gani dnf was that uh yeah yeah what happened Do you know what happened there 
I don't know what happened with the bike. I didn't get the information on that, but that was, uh, I mean, for me, I mean, Jake, I'm, again, one, I mean, we've all known each other, you know, we're all friends. So I hate seeing my buddies have, have, have days like that, you know, especially when you're leading the championship and, but I, as a fan of American road racing, I was like, Oh, here we go. Bring that points battle. Just close, close it up, you know, back and forth, give Cam the lead again. And I know, you know so right? I thought that was cool. Uh, you know, close it up, let Josh, let Heron close the gap a little bit. And well, because uh, it was, it was like 23 points or something. And then it just, the swing went to Cam B, Bobier leading the championship going into race two, which, yep. you know, talk about it's exactly what the championship needs. We need more manufacturers. Oh, yeah. We need to have this kind of swing to have these we guys. We need a dogfight. Yeah. We need a manufacturer dogfight. And then you know, now we got the Yamahas, BMWs the Ducati and then you know like we just talked about Richie he'll be there you know, hopefully sooner rather than later and mm -hmm. you get another manufacturer in there and here we go so going into race two I mean this is arguably I mean this guy who won this race spectacularly I, I gotta give him a lot of credit you know he's, pro he's probably not my favorite person of all time respect the hell out of this guy um, but this has to be one of the best races, if not the best race I've ever seen Josh Heron race leading from the front on the Ducati, uh, on the last lap does a two Oh nine, two Oh nine, uh, zero two five just pulls the pin on PJ Jackson, which who I thought had it. I thought he was going to win this race. Um, oh. and Heron just pulls the pin, gets that crazy ass wobble going up at a, I think it's turn 13 up the hill left, gets that crazy wobble, saves it, uh, to win race two with PJ Jacobson in second Gagne coming back, finishing third with little track time. Peterson does a solid job in fifth and Tony Elias finishes fifth, arguably the best race of his year. And then just added best Noah race of his season right retires retires yeah Crazy. that kind of threw me off guard there was a lot of weird things happened in that race i mean josh josh won it which i expected that i expected josh we all know how good that bike is we all know you know all the work they put in josh has been putting in the work i don't know if you've looked at his strava but it's insane the amount of climbing that dude's been doing just dropping pounds he's been working hard his stamina is really good right now i expected this I don't know if I expected it this soon, you know, on a new bike and back on a super bike after spending a year in super sport. But I expected that. That wasn't a surprise to me. Uh, congrats to, to Josh Heron for winning that. But, dude, Tony Elias, dude, what the heck happened? I don't know. I didn't it's even like, know oh. about it. I didn't even and, know. And like, dude, and it was like the whole seat, like the, the first the first few races, like, oh, Tony's off the pace. But, you know, he's on that bike. They're getting it sorted. You know, it, it, it'll it'll sort itself out. And then you're like, you watch race two from this weekend, and you're like, cool, Tony's back. You know, he's back on his game. It's all good. We're going to see him the rest of the season. And then he hops, post-race interview, retired. I know. Wild. I don't know. And what's funny is I saw him after the race, and I was like, dude, so good to see you back. This, that, and the other. I didn't even know he retired. I didn't even know he did it. I just was like, I'm like, what is going on here? And I found out later that he retired um, speaking with a couple of the guys under the team doing a two ten nine. I guess that's some of the, like one of the fastest 
they've seen the Suzuki go around there. I mean, hats wow. off to Tony Elias. Crazy that he's retiring. He must be going through something or just, you know, when you get to well, get there, you just must be done. That dude's lived. He's, his career is so strong. I mean, he's been everywhere. I mean, we've all, I mean, we've all gone through it. We're like we have those weekends where, you know, you're just, you're just off and you don't, you're not feeling it. And, and you're just, there's a lot of risks going on. And, and Tony's been around for a long time. He's, a world-renowned motorcycle racer and world champion and i mean he's done it all and you know you make it this far and you're not feeling it and you're feeling like you're pushing when you don't want to push and taking risks when you don't want to take risks and he's got a family and and you know some maybe, maybe it just it just got to the point where you just realize you know i've done it all there's nothing more i can do um you know this is just too gnarly for me at this point. And, and, you know, he's a little bit of an older guy now and, you know, I respect it. I, I, I really do. I really respect it. And, and, you know, I love having Tony in the paddock and, you know, that guy all over the years getting to know him and, you know, getting a, getting the old nod from him when you see him in the morning, you know, walking to your rig and, you know, that it, it's really cool. It's really cool to, to have him in our paddock. And it was really cool to watch him come from Europe and, uh, come over here and, and fight for titles and, and championships. And it's just, uh, you know, we're, we're going to miss it. It's uh, but it's been a wild ride. It's been a good ride for him. And, but again, I respect it mid season or not mid season, early season and for him to pull the pin. He just, you know, he knows his limits and he knows his boundaries and he's got, he's got a long rest of his life to live outside of motorcycle racing and, you know, hats off. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. But I mean, the bigger question is: let's just fire up the rumor mill quick. Who, who fills Here it goes. Who fills Here it? it man? Goes. Who oh, fills it? Man. You know what I mean? I, like I've got, I've been thinking about this one. I've been thinking about this one like long and hard. And uh, there's a few, there's a few ways you could go about this. I mean, last time we saw that seat open, Kyle Wyman rode that bike. Um, I know he so, can't now though because he's he's it, too deep in the bag. He's too deep. Here. He's too deep. You but know? then we saw a little fill and ride over the weekend from uh, Cody Wyman on on the stock bike, and he's got some speed. And mm. maybe he's a guy. You know, maybe 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 Kyle throws his brother's name into the hat over there. I mean, he seems to have a good relationship uh, with the Allrich family, and maybe that maybe that's a way to go. Maybe they bring somebody else like that we can't like- think of. I don't know, man. I've heard Pash's name got 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 swinging around a little bit. I threw threw a name in there. I think, um, you know, personally, I think like a Bradley Smith would be really good. Somebody from oh, he's got to oh, bring the big dog out. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what I'm thinking. Bring, bring but, our boy to the states. I mean, I've been telling him to come to Florida, so maybe this is the only way he can bring him over. But I mean. I don't know who you put in there. Do you put somebody young to match Risky at the Richie Escalante because, you know, he's kind of stepping it up and you bring somebody even younger in, or, I mean, do you, I think you need somebody that's got some sort of electronical knowledge, something that just can help steer the ship. I mean, I just believe you need somebody that can keep development going um, race by race. I think it needs to be an older dog. Does Hayes come in? No way, he's maybe, off for life. No, off for life, no chance. Uh, and they man. announced that super, you know, Squid Hunters going the rest of the season. So they just got to yeah. Sell. So he's got that'd be, that'd be pretty rude. Yeah, for them yeah. To, um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think you know. I don't Everyone know. in Stock Thousands pretty locked into their rides. Anybody that's deserving of that ride is pretty locked into their own Stock Thousand rides at this point. Yeah. So 
I, don't I, mean, see I think that like a happening. Cody Wyman could be cool, but you know, not knowing anything about electronics, I think that's just they're not going to do it. I think they need somebody like, um, no offense to Cody, but they need somebody who's got a little bit more establishment with electronics and in that sort of thing. I think Cody is a perfect fit for that Altus bike, to be honest, though. To gain, I, do, I absolutely that. agree, you know what I mean. But then, I think, but then the same thing goes for like, you know, you bring Posh in and. He, I don't think he's got, he doesn't have very much super bike experience. I know. I know. Um, you know, he's got, he's got the talent for it for sure. Uh, but I, I, it's, dude, it's a, it's a tough call. Yeah. Well, uh, if I there's caught some guys from Europe, guards. you know, we, we need, you know, maybe somebody from BSB will come over. Maybe, I mean, I think you got to start looking outside here. I, I don't, I don't know why I can't, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on riders in the U.S of that i'm i'm just throwing this out there i'm throwing this out there if that's my team and i'm john and chris allridge i think i'm calling bradley smith i think that's i think that's who i'm calling i think he and needs my guy. obviously yeah obviously i tried to I, I i wanted to see bradley smith racing baggers with us this year um but <laughs> we couldn't smith couldn't make that happen <laughs> but uh man i uh I'd really like to see that guy over here. And I'd really like to see him, him, you know, he, and again, established guy knows electronics, dude, smart as hell. I think he, he might be the guy for that. I don't know. I feel you like know? it would be a kind of a good, could be a good role, but there's gotta be some guys that need some rides that we're not thinking about. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank of, um, some top riders right now. Uh, but I'm struggling to think of somebody that would kind of fit that mold, fit the the style, you know, to replace, you know, a legend like Tony, who's got good, good experience. And I think it needs to be an older guy. I don't think it's a young guy uh, spot. I don't know. But I mean, this is just right. This is what we do. We, we, uh, we started the rumor mill. So let's start, start the rumor let's mill. Let it roll, it baby. Now slapping rumor mill. Before we move on, we totally forgot about the biggest thing so gagne breaks in race one point swing goes crazy bobier mm-hmm. breaks in race two point swing goes crazy again i don't Back know if we know what happened with cam's bike but it looked we didn't see smoke we didn't see anything um he just pulled over on the side so i don't i don't know yeah. if uh, it blew up or whatnot but they had some sort of uh quote-unquote electrical issue and uh yeah i mean the point swing rolls back the other way. Let's look at the standings really quick. Superbike. Yeah, it was it was yeah. tough to see that because they stacked. They kind of all stacked up together after that race one, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." And then, uh, you know, after after race two, uh, it kind of went back the other way. I think uh, I think Gagne's got a little bit of a, a, a gap there on everybody else, but uh, we'll have to so, look at the. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's twelve points to Bobier now. 111 and 99. That's not too bad. No, and then Heron's less than a less than a you know a win away from beat taking points lead. So any more DNFs, uh-huh. this thing gets really tight. He's only 21 back. And then you got Schultz and Jacobson 30 and 39 uh back in the points. I mean, I would say it's still wide open with a lot of racing coming up. And we know yeah. that this class is so stacked that people are gonna probably crash a little bit. Um Bikes are gonna yeah. break. This is the inevitable is gonna happen. Of course, of course. But it is crazy to see that Heron's the only one with no DNFs, right? Um, 
You've just got Gagne and Bobe both having a DNF, and then you've got uh, Jacobson having a DNF, and then Schultz not. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the zeros play out uh, around. Cam P needs to get get moving here. He's 54 back. That's two, two over two race wins. Uh, but we know Cam P, we're going to some tracks where he's going to really, really, really do well. He's, he's going to get fired up. Yeah, yeah I heard his just golf game's getting better too. So, oh you know. man. So, all right, let's move into King of the Baggers. Um, I Whoa. think, yeah, 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 some stuff happened this weekend, dude. Wild, wild in the streets. I cannot believe the things that are happening on these baggers. It is in, I just, <laughs> it blows my mind blows my mind and then i'm like i watch the races and i'm like who lets us do this this is nuts right we do that we do that that's us it's dude it's insane and like i mean i i got a little i just struggled this weekend pretty hard i mean i didn't ride road america last year the year before was the only time i'd ever been there in my in my life and i maybe got 15 max 20 laps the entire weekend and and uh but uh so I struggled with not with the track, just, you know, how it is. You, you spend a lot of time on a track, you know, you know, you know, like the back of your hand and, you know, learning that it's just those little things at a new track, you know, you can go fast there, but going really fast is a whole different ballpark. And, and I think that's what I struggled with most this weekend, but I did gain a lot of confidence in my motorcycle and the old road glide. She's, uh, she's ready for Laguna Seca, but, um, yeah, yeah, you guys are on a whole nother level. There were some things happening up front in both races, a lot of lead changes, a lot of position changes, uh, some insanely, insanely fast lap times. Uh, t- tell us what tell us what was happening up there. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I think we got to remember that it is four, four miles is, the, is the, the racetrack, so the gaps are going to yeah. be bigger. You know, we're doing 220 lap times. I mean, this is a long, long, long day. Even though the laps are short, there's a lot of racing that can go on. I mean, let's just start at the top. The challenge race uh, was stacked up behind Tyler. Tyler won the challenge. I got uh, second, and uh, Kyle was third. Um, I think everybody can say, wow, on the factory Harleys earlier in the weekend, we're struggling really, really bad. Um, yeah, they were, they Bob, started off the weekend kind of slow. Yeah. Bagger Bob was ripping from literally the first lap. He usually goes well. Here, goggles. Ripping Bobby Fong. Yeah. Ripping. Um, yeah. Foggy goggles. He's just one of those dudes. It's like his bike's running good. He, when he shows up to the races and his bike's working good. He's, he's not in and yeah he's his head's in the right space like you better watch out you yeah. know but i mean that can easily change by like you know the slightest like dude i think i think uh i think i saw a puff of smoke come out of the back of your bike ru- yeah. ruins the weekend yeah. so um no man he was on just like from lap one of getting on the racetrack on yeah he wadded in qualifying two Q2, looked, yep. Yeah, he looked like he was on the limit a bit. He was he wadded the thing. Um, he said there was a couple, you know, some stuff going on with his bike. Ended up wadding it. Uh, in race one, he had some issues. Finished seventh. I guess he ran wide, couldn't stop the bike. Ran off the track. Yeah, yeah he ran, ran off, off the, the track. track. I he did was, a lot of that this weekend. Yeah, I did I a lot of it. I ran off. I ran off the track twice in race one, 
and once in race two. Like, not just ran wide, like into the grass. Where? Uh, going down into uh, what's the left hander before the carousel? That ninety. Yeah, eight. Uh, I I ran it off. I ran it off deep into there in race two. Race one, I uh, I, dude, I was chasing after Jake and ran it off into the uh, into the chicane. Ran it wide there, barely kept it on the track, and then pulled it back together and was trying to chase him down again. And I ran it deep into, into, uh, into turn one, like almost went off the track into the, into the, into the, the sand out there. And, uh, just, I was struggling with rear grip. I know we all were, but, uh, I made some big changes after race one to get some more grip in the rear on entry. Uh, but, and then race two, like I said, I ran it off into, into that, that left-hander before the carousel. Uh, way deep into like past the asphalt, past the grass, you know, way out in the uh, in the sandbox out there. Damn, so, man. so like, felt, I mean, there's like a lot of room out there, Frank. You must have been going in deep. I went. Well, I I locked up the front tire and yeah. had to let off the, let off the brake. And yeah, they uh, said there was, was a lot of. I had a couple of those. There, a lot of people were complaining about locking the front tire up, and I think that's kind of crazy to to hear in you know modern day motorcycling this isn't moto gp and you know it the, definitely the track mm. was slick on entry but super grippy on exit which is kind of weird yeah um definitely weird but i mean hats off to kyle wyman he won this race him and o'hare back and forth in race one i had a bad start had to fight through uh gillam and mcwilliams uh and bobby to get to third I, I i had four tenths at the line on mcwilliams kind of rode by myself but didn't have enough to get to kyle and tyler but hats off to kyle uh for struggling. i watched yeah he was struggling i watched i, I re-watched race one yesterday okay um yeah and it, it was a i mean race. dude i mean kyle ran it up the inside of of tyler a couple times but for the majority Tyler led that whole entire race for the majority of it. Half lap. And then, dude, so last lap, uh, that same corner that I ran wide in before the carousel, Kyle ran it in on the outside, got the drive. He he would have been on the outside. So Tyler went for the block, like the block. So kind of broke next to him, tried to block him. Kyle went deeper on the brakes and hugged the, you know, just went around the back of, of, of Tyler and passed him on the inside, and then Tyler ended up running a little bit wide. Yeah. But then Kyle, and I don't know if this was an accident or uh, or just a power move, um, but they went they so they come out of that left and they go right into the carousel, and you know he knows that 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 Tyler's right there, and and it's the last lap, and it's going to be a dogfight. There's a couple, you know, the straightaway into Canada, and then you know the straightaway up to the start finish line, and. You know, drafts, drafts can happen, but Kyle went around the carousel and dipped his knee into the dirt. Yeah. And, (laughs) and Tyler kind of chopped and it built enough of a gap that Kyle kind of didn't have him. You know, Kyle was able to get into the chicane fast, get out of it fast without having to block and keep that gap so that, that Tyler couldn't draft him or, or, or have the possibility of drafting past him. And I thought that was a power move. Yeah. Yeah. I texted Kyle after I watched it. I was like, dude, you're bad. Like yeah. You're, you're, you're pretty sick. 
Yeah, he was uh, pretty dialed in there. Kyle kind of dropped him in that third sector. He he pulled out uh, almost seven tenths in this in the third sector alone, and then Tyler was only pull able to pull back. Uh, what do you may call it? One tenth in the fourth sector going to the stripe. Kyle actually did one of his fastest speed traps by himself going to the stripe, which is kind of crazy to see. You know, the, the Harley do 159, 159, 160, 159, when all weekend you could see him doing like 55s and sixes by himself. So they must have figured yeah. something out there. Um, oh, the it, race always brings out a second or two as well. And, uh, you know, you start moving quicker and getting out of corners faster. And, you know, that probably, I'm sure that helped a little bit. Yeah. So going into race two here, um, we can wrap this thing up. This was, this was an gnarly race as well. Bobby Fong checked the frick out. He got the whole shot and just dropped everybody. McWilliams was running second. He kind of, he had some good speed, but didn't quite have all the speed. He was, he did a 20.8. Um, and when we were all able to do low twenties, so, but his bike's pretty quick, really surprised that he, you know, he was able to do that, uh, speed coming from a little, being a little bit slower, but we know McWilliams mm-hmm. is a gamer, uh, late in the race, it was me, McWilliams and Wyman and, uh, Gillum, uh, in another dog fight, dude, a Absolute dog, dog fight, fight. Dog, dog, Absolute fight. dog fight. Um, so we'll go straight into that last lap because it was, it was gnarly. We all tried at McWilliams. Nobody could really do something. And Gillum goes in around, uh, goes in on the outside, the chicane, of the chicane rolls around him. They bump and McWilliams big bump, runs lots wide, of contact, definitely saves my race. Uh, then crashes decks out coming up over 13, uh, Hayden runs wide in Canada and the last corner. I draft him. Kyle drafts me. I get second. Kyle gets third Hayden fourth, but McWilliams ends up crashing out. Tyler had a DNF. So both factory Indians have a DNF, um, the points swing one way, but wow. Uh I mean, did you see the the Harley Davidson one, two, three in the points? Yeah, yeah. Did you see Gillum on the uh on the deal? Like, did you see the 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 move? Oh yeah, outside, a little push wide. What do you think? Was uh, it I mean, I or what do you think is a hundred percent racing incident? I mean, you he tried to you know obviously once McWilliams knew that Hayden was coming around the outside. I mean, he's going to defend there. Hayden's trying to go one way. McWilliams trying to go the other way. Guess what? Meet in the middle. You know, I, I think that's what happened. It is a tight space. Like, you know, I think if, if, you know, McWilliams could have held his line and, and, you know, maybe Hayden could have ran up the inside of the, you know, the right and without contact, but you know, McWilliams knows what he's doing. He's not going to let that, let that go easy. Um, you know, and, and I just feel like both of them just fighting two dudes fighting for the same piece of real estate and, guess what? We're going to meet in the middle and the big dog's going to grab it. And, yeah. uh, fortunately for, for, uh, Hayden, you know, he was a big dog on Sunday and, and, uh, Mick Williams had to run her wide. Dude, how about a, he ran it wide, got in the marbles and like, that's the only spot of the track that wasn't, wasn't repaved. Dude, and he... it was like slippery there all weekend, but you get slippery, like you get slippery surface plus marbles on top. Guess he... what, dude, roll on that throttle. 
He grabbed a handful, man. That thing snapped so sideways. I got to give him credit, man. Dude, Jeremy McWilliams is a scrapper. He fights hard. I respect the guy a lot. Even though I got to race against him, I respect him because you, know, you have to. I wrote him off this week, and I didn't think he was going to be in the fight, and the dude was. So you told you told me that you're like, oh, McWilliams doesn't have it this weekend. The beginning of the weekend, you said that. Yeah. Next, so you know, race two. If it weren't for Hayden, he he'd be second place. You. Yeah, he probably yeah. Be in second place. Um, definitely wild, wild race. I kind of agree. I think it was a racing incident. I think you know, the more I watch it. It's tough, right? Because Hayden's on the right side. He's on the inside. Technically, it's his corner. Does he actually pass him? I think he can go all different ways. But, I mean, the way I look at it is, hey, man, like, that's really the last place to pass is going into there. You know, the Indian had top speed on everybody all weekend. You know, we tried all race to pass him. I passed him in the chicane once on the inside. He just blew by me again. So, it's a tough one. uh, But, I would just, I, I think it's a racing incident. I know Mick Williams is uh, not stoked and Indian's not stoked. So I, I could see, I'm not going to lie. I could see him and Hayden laying in the marbles, laying in the gravel trap somewhere in the rest of this year. Uh, I could see it. Oh, uh, hopefully not. I think not. it's going to happen. I don't wish. I don't. Either, I don't wish but, for anybody to be crashing these baggers. It's no, a scary thing. I, I just, I see it getting a little bit rowdy. Uh, everybody seems to be passing pretty clean. That's really the biggest. Those are probably the two scrappiest dudes. Yeah. Those are the, probably the scrappiest dudes. If I had to pick two guys in, in our class, yes, I know. those are the scrappiest guys. And- well, I right. So, like, if you had to pick two guys to go fight with you, who would you pick? You pick both of them, right? You got oh, those them. are my guys. Yeah, those yeah, are my guys. Stink, and then you got somebody that is just you know he's Irish man. You just got to know he's ready for a fight. So yeah, absolutely. Um. Crazy enough. The track was amazing. We'll wrap this up. Uh, we don't really have much more. We did. Uh, um, I did not. Dude, we did some cool stuff this weekend. Yeah, we did. We, we did. did. We did cool stuff this weekend. I mean, obviously, we didn't even talk about being in Harley's backyard and all like the cool oh, yeah, things the that we got to do. We, the museum. Yeah, we went to the museum. Awesome. We took took our brace bikes to the museum on Thursday and signed autographs. And Jake Lewis and I got a private tour afterwards. Which uh, was a pretty dream come true kind of situation for me. Uh, that was rad, and then just having all the Harley people, Willie G, Bill Davidson, all those guys were there this weekend. That was badass. You know, it's definitely there's definitely you're feeling some extra vibes going on. Being, uh, you know, it's like going to your home track, but when you're at your manufacturer's home track, you're just like it's kind of the same thing. You know, yeah, birthday think, uh... weekend for me, that was uh, dude. There's lots of vibes going on. Yeah. Lots of, I went to the sure flat Willie... track race. Yep, Dairyland Classic was there. I think, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the Honda boys whooped up there. Mies was was there. Yeah. Same factory yeah. was there. Ha- Yamaha. Joe Cop. Yeah. Joe Cop paddled Cody and Max. I know the big on dog. A, on a C and on a C and J road tax. I That's love a every bike. bit of that. Dude, I love every bit. Hats off to Smoke. That was sick. Yeah. That was um, sick. Some dude won the Vintage Class on a on a on a Framer YZ four ninety. <laughs> He beat a couple TT 500s. Dude, there's a lot of things going on. Yeah, um, no, there was. I mean, and dude, let's talk about this record crowds. I heard they had to open up the parking, the, an extra parking lot for overflow. So the thing is, everything's working. You know, it's Harley's 120th coming up uh, mm-hmm. in middle of July, which is going to be unreal. I think they got Foo Fighters. I'm excited for that. 
Yeah, I can't wait. I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah, we're some... gonna have some, we're gonna have some fun there. Yeah, definitely, it's gonna be unreal. I think Willie G signed uh, 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 Kyle's bike. Good luck, yep. Sig. I think yep. that's so fucking dope. Um, unreal. Yeah, unreal. And yeah, I mean, dude, on to Laguna, on to Laguna, right? Oh man, I'm ready. Ready. I'm ready. Same. I'm gonna sleep in my own bed. I'm going to roll up to the track. There's going to be a lot of barbecuing going on. Lots oh, of family and friends. Yeah, no, we're, we're going to have a great time at Laguna. It's going to be awesome. I'm actually going to gonna ride there. I'm yeah. going to ride from Southern California to up to Monterey. Nope. Ride my road glide up there. It's going to be sick. So, so let's wrap this up. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening on the Rewind of Road America. we got Frank. I'm James Raspoli. You can look. I'm going to just do a selfless shout out follow pipe dreams podcast go watch all of our stuff we've got a good one coming up with Kyle Lyman. um and uh cory sorry we 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 had to do this without you but this is the high yeah, we miss c-tex yeah road america rewind hopefully we did a good job and yeah we'll see you next time later we are out out